one and we're recording we are rolling dude my feet smell so bad oh my god like like, like i don't know if i got a fungal thing i think i got a fungal thing oh <laughs> it's so bad dude what it's so bad there's crusties in my nails and stuff man have you ever seen, dude, my left, my big left toenail looks like a chili cheese Frito. I'd love to taste it. <laughs> Actually, they're mint green right now. They look like toothpaste because my kids painted them. Are we live right now on Facebook? No, we're recording. So this will be bonus footage for everybody listening to the podcast. Unless what? I decide to chop it off later. No, don't chop it off. No, I leave it. All right, let's go. I'm working on it. And here we're live. Clapped Out Podcast, episode six. Here we are. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's, well, it says preparing. I'm assuming that we are live. It doesn't say live on the book. There. Nope. Nope. Still not live. Okay. It's, I got the spinning wheel of death right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a title of this. I forgot about all the. Episode five. This is episode six. Is it? No, it's episode five. No, this is six. I'll put mm-hmm. Clapped Out Podcast five or six. Not unsure of which episode <laughs> this is. <laughs> go live. Three, two, one. Action. Live on Facebook. Clapped Out Podcast episode five or six. We're not sure which one. We've lost We're- track of time. We are also bringing this to you with little to no announcement whatsoever, no advanced preparation on our part, or no advanced notice for you guys. We do not apologize for our actions. What else would you expect from a couple of delinquents such as ourselves? This week's episode is brought to you by ourselves. And Curry Rear Ends and Johnson Lifters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Totally. Because I found my curry hat, dude. I've lost this hat, and it was hiding behind my couch. And it's probably one of my favorite hats just because of the way it fits, as well as Johnson Lifters are bitching. We both run Johnson Lifters in our cars, do we not? Shout out, Randy. Randy at Johnson's the man. So, there you go. Yeah, Johnson Lifters, we, we kind of just play by ear. We support the companies that support us or just make badass products. And uh, both of these companies are those companies. Let me tell you a story about Johnson lifters. Everybody strap in. This is a good one. I prefer to strap on, but let's go. I'm well aware of this. I've seen the videos. Not on purpose. (laughs) I've just been scrolling and they've appeared. So Johnson lifters, Randy, again, uh, I don't even think they know. Yeah, we haven't told Johnson lifters or Kurt. We don't have permission to use their name in the podcast, but we're just going to wing it. Hopefully they don't hate us for it. Um, Johnson lifters, Randy uh, Vrooman. I don't know how to pronounce it. Randy V at Johnson Lifters. There you go. Um, when I had my uh, engine failure, uh, without any prompting, Randy hollered at us, well, me, and was like, hey, man, we got your back. And a set of ST2126 LSRs went back in my engine, um, courtesy of those guys. That was a huge, huge step in the right direction for me to, to get back on the road to, to racing. So that was awesome. Curry Rear Ends has supported the team for a while now. And yep. – um, rye and josh both rock curry stuff 
obviously last year drag week didn't go as planned and to piggyback on that this year curry was going to be one of our title sponsors for drag week and unfortunately drag week is not happening rye ruined it it's rye's fault (laughs) the we we talked about beforehand we don't want to go down the rabbit hole of coronavirus because it's it's been shoved on your throat everywhere on social media and we're not going to do that to you guys but it is true uh the coronavirus has ended drag week 2020 and any possibility of it happening um they have said they will extend the opportunity like the rule set anybody who's registered for this year has first shot at being registered for 2021. If you're interested to do so. And I got to be completely honest. It's so frustrating because my co-pilot Scott was the one like he's been itching to do it for so long. And we've talked about it back and forth. Like, dude, this is your year. This is your year. 2021, we're going to do it. We're going to do drag week or Rocky Mountain race week. And now it's like, well, damn. Like I had so many plans to completely revamp my car to stop doing this, quote, endurance drag racing stuff and start taking heads up racing a little bit more serious, make some changes to the car, take weight out of it, make it a little less streetable, but more competitive. And now... It's just been postponed a year because I have not met or my, my goals are fulfilled in my head, my obligations to all the companies that take such good care of, of me doing this stuff. So um, it's going to be interesting on top of 2021 pans out. Uh, the Matt Frost is his name. Uh, runs Maki, Maki Routen. <laughs> Maki Routen Race. Maki Routen Race Week. Maki Routen Race Week. <laughs> he said... Oh, Drag Week's canceled? Rocky Mountain Race Week? We got you. So he is putting on an event, Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0. And I've been strongly considering signing up for it because, one, we already kind of like planned for that time. Two, um, I really want to do one of his events. Three, he actually has a cash payout. And then me and uh, Scott started talking about it. And honestly, I am not entirely sure. Like, I thought... When this whole COVID-19 nonsense, okay, nonsense, I won't say nonsense. When COVID-19 all started messing up everybody's lives, whether you agree it's a real thing or not, I don't give a shit what side of the mask or no mask you're on. But regardless of that fact, it has been messing with everybody's lives. You say Uh, something about masks? Sorry, dude. (laughs) So when this all went down and started, I don't think anybody thought it was going to go this long and i definitely didn't and now i'm kind of like dude i don't know when this is going to stop i thought for sure it would be over and life would return to complete normality but um my day job uh kind of has me on a very tight leash and i'm not sure even if i wanted to do rocky mountain race week 2.0 out there uh, in the midwest that I would even be allowed to go by my employer. Uh, I'm being kind of vague about that because I kind of like to keep those two things very separate. Phew, the proud. Yeah, there you go. If you want to know what I do for a day job, uh, I fight dragons with swords and lava monsters. Okay? If you've seen the commercials, they've tried to hire you at one point. Somebody probably called you. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with this whole endurance drag racing thing this year. Jason I Terrell, will... shut up, shut up. Jason Terrell, 
<laughs> there's something going on just building race cars with the boys <laughs> jason i love that spirit tin soldiers race cars hey hell yeah you know, it Tin Soldiers is a title sponsor for this episode, yes, too. Screw absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Tin Soldiers is the new oncoming title sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. All right, Jason, just drop the check in the mail. Just let us I know. Can't, I can't afford a car. I, we, me and Jason talked, and I was like, like I mean, I, I'm going to support you guys anyway. I can't. I bought, I bought like a couple parts, the, the battery box, hold down for my car. I was like, man, you guys just do such bitching work. Uh, I, I can't really afford... To, to have you build me a whole car, but I would love to. And then Jason's response was, I hope you become very, very wealthy one day. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, my God. me too. So shout out to Jason, the boys out there, man. These guys are super nice dudes and their, their morality is impeccable and the product that they deliver is unstoppable. So yes. Jason Terrell and the boys out there, 10 Soldiers Race Cars, shout out to those guys. That's not a paid advertisement whatsoever. Yes, I agree. It is a paid advertisement. Jason, mail the check. So <laughs> um, moving on from the Corona junk, obviously let's, to, to round that out, Drag Week's canceled. Rye will more than likely not be doing Drag Week next year, given his want to actually beat me mm. and not be slow. And Rocky Mountain Race Week is go, doing a, a version 2.0. I think there's going to be a lot more events that fall before the end of the year. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, again, won't go into the politics of it either side. But be a good human. That's all I ask of people, regardless. I will say, um, me oh not God. doing drag week, is that's nowhere near set in stone. I'm not yeah. entirely done. I'm going to side bet right now live. Uh, I'll side bet $100 cash that you do not do drag week next year. Easy. Locked in. Cool. You bucks? accept? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Bet. Yeah, you're, you're not going to do it. So. Yep. $100. Okay. How about... No, it doesn't matter. Hundred dollars, you don't even enter. Um, you don't make it to the race. So you pay me now. On. Just go ahead and pay me now. So <laughs> <laughs> we are coming out of the gates with literally nothing to speak on specifically, and then it hit me like a ton of. Wait, 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 wait. Hold like on. when I, we were we, we talked about this before. Don't roll your. Don't do that. Don't do Sorry. that. Dude, don't make that face. I don't appreciate it. it. I don't like your attitude or your approach right now. Okay, it's not cool. Listen, to everybody that wants to comment on YouTube about, you know, Drag Week is canceled. There's yes. 42 people listening. Nobody cares. Yes. We know Drag Week was canceled. Like, I put out a video like, hey, Drag Week prep is in full swing. And then I keep getting all these comments on the, on the video about how, I don't know why you're even bothering. Drag Week's canceled. Don't you know Drag Week's canceled? Yeah, I know. I don't go commenting on videos like people like uh, trying to tour New York City in 2000 saying, Oh, come hey, on. I'm going to go. You You're don't, an idiot. Yeah. You're so dumb. You're so dumb. I Listen, hate you as a person. As pay a attention. Game. Pay attention to the details, people, before you start typing out stuff. Okay. If you all were unaware, Rye is so sensitive to internet comments. <laughs> and it's my favorite thing in the world. Literally, <laughs> people will comment on my videos. I hope you die in a fire along with your family. And I will just laugh. If somebody tells Rye, I don't like the way your mustache looks, he'll find their homes and he'll Jay and Silent Bob them and fly to their houses and scream in their faces or hit them and beat them to death. He's so, he hates people that are trolling on the internet. I, I love it. So I ask our fans, I'm begging our, our 12 fans, <laughs> please, for the love of God, 
troll me harder. Rye, I probably should keep my mouth shut. I'm going to get trolled way harder now. troll Rye. It's so fun because he'll call me middle of the night. Hey, man, can't sleep. Guess what? <laughs> I do not. I've never one time have I called you in the middle of the night. Like, can't sleep. Never said that one time. Hmm? Come on. Yeah, so he'll call me in the middle of the night. Logan. <laughs> Seriously, did you see what Smoking Booty 37 said about my video? <laughs> and I'll be like, no, Rye, but I'll absolutely check it out. And I go to Smoking Booty's comment, and it's like, your butt looks kind of flat in these pants. Unsubscribe. And then Rye, the entire night's doing squats in the kitchen, just cantaloupe over each shoulder, one at a time. And I have to coach him, 10 more, Rye, get those glutes in check. But this is who he is as a person. So, if you can, please continue to troll Rye as hard as you can. David Varner's checking in. What is up? Tyler Hanna, what is up? Oh, hold, on, hold on. In contrast to all that, remember when you started posting videos on Clapdown on YouTube and you called me and said, dude, the first reaction that I got on YouTube on my first video was thumbs down. thumbs down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I was stoked about it. I, get, I, I, I tell you what, I talk about this till I'm blue in the face. But I promise you, I like the negative more than the positive because it's so funny to me. Like, it it's is. literally these idiots that'll never, they'll, they live in their base, their mom's basements. They'll never do anything in the public eye because they're scared to. I literally make an idiot of myself on purpose. And all the idiot troll moron haters that are like, dude, the guy's an idiot, doesn't know what he's doing. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's the point. It's called yeah. clapped out, not grade A, five star Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. it's clapped out. Like, we suck. That's our theme. I'll be completely honest. I used to, it used to get under my skin. It really, really did. And it then does. It, it, does. it does from time to time. It does. But complain for now, I, I kind of welcome it a little bit because it gives, especially, I don't know, man, I, I used to enjoy it and I still do from time to time a, uh, a good internet argument. And when I can make somebody look dumb without ever actually like meeting them in person, then <laughs> I go for it. Brandon Harrington, a fellow guy that slays dragons with swords. Um, he's a very good friend of mine. And Brandon is... Uh, <laughs> I see his comment right now. Brandon, Brandon for a living, <laughs> takes tanks out and just blows things up. That's his job. Mm -hmm. And Brandon has requested, since Rye is not going to be able to do drag week, I think Rye should spend a week in drag. And I agree, Brandon. A thousand percent, I agree. I literally today at work was trying to explain to somebody what drag week is and they had the most confused look on their face when I was talking about cars the whole time. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. So it's not, not like, like RuPaul, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. Maybe if that was canceled, we're going, we'll make our own. If that gets canceled. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Corona, you can come after the racetracks, but the day you come after us walking around in drag, yeah. Woo, I'm about to roundhouse somebody because I look good in heels, dead ass. I look dude, really you should good see these calves, son. I'm you, dude. Like I would like I would show you right now, but they're not pumped right now. So like I'm not oh, trying no. to put them up. I, I'm, the I'm looking down at them right now. They're... My veins on my calves have their own veins. Hang on, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go do some calf lifts over here on the stairs. Calf lifts, cool. Um, good name. That, good name. That's what they're called. I don't know. I have no idea. I've never lifted calves in my life, but they're massive because I used to be a fat, still am a fat kid, but I was a real fat kid. Oh, I thought we were talking about young cows. I've lifted young cows before. No. Um, anyway. So, I don't Corona's, even know. Corona sucks. Yeah. Race tracks getting shut down left and right. Enough on that. Let's go. All right. What's the most dramatic thing in motorsports that happened this week? Uh, Birdman balled a car up. I saw that. Ooh. 
Have you seen? Maybe somebody in the comments knows something about it. I haven't seen any I've seen status up. I saw the car. He's fine. He's good. It. He posted a video. Uh, not Mike Marillo, who posted a video of him in the trailer. Um, I can't remember, but he was in the trailer looking at the car. The one thing I loved was his first question after rolling the car and literally almost dying was, "Did I win?" Yeah. <laughs> that's Yo, that's some dedication, Mr. James Finney. What size wheelbarrow do you have for your balls? Because I can't imagine hunking those things around everywhere you go. <laughs> right. No way. And he was in the trailer looking at the car, and the car was all torn up, torn to hell. And he's looking on at the car, which is sad as hell, because at the end of the day, that car is an icon and, and no prep racing. It really is. It um, is. It's been around for damn ever. He's ever, been he, Even before no prep, he was a beast in the grudge game. Yes, he was, man. And the fact that he's staring at this, like, monument to grudge racing, as it's literally, there's no coming back for it. It's done. And he's staring at it. Maybe a new version, but not. I doubt that car is going to be saved. Yeah. And he's staring at it, and he's he doesn't look upset at all. I mean, he looks upset, but he's just he's happy to be breathing and walking <laughs> around. And the way that car looked, the safety stuff, damn, it did its job, man. He did a, it did its job. It was nuts looking. If you haven't seen it, it was gruesome. The car looked gruesome. So on the topic of safety, um, this is something we didn't talk about before. Well, I, sh I sent the, the video to you. There's a local guy here earlier this week um, in a pretty gnarly wreck. What is your thought on – and this is why I've been thinking about this, and I'd like to hear what people on the live feed think about it as well. Uh, like racing at a guardrail track, like – are tracks progressing at the same rate that cars are? Now, the amount of cars, cars as a whole, like the amount of cars that are as fast as they are today is exponentially greater, like percentage-wise. Back, let's rewind. I don't want to name names. I don't want to name the track or nothing like that. So I'm going to keep everybody's names out of this. Some people may know what I'm talking about. Put a name on it. Just put a name on I mean, it, dude. I'm, I'm not going to say on it. There's a, there's a guardrail track in every state, right? There's, they're, they're everywhere. And if you got to Google it while you're talking, I don't care. So if you have a track that was originally uh, put together and built up in like, say the sixties, seventies and guardrails, think about how fast the majority of cars were going down a track in the 1960s and seventies. And I'm, I'm talking about this recently because there was a wreck locally here that was and, and I can talk about a little bit of light, but the, the guy that was driving the car, uh, he was concussed, broken arm, but all in all, he's going to be hundred percent. Okay. But the footage of this wreck looks absolutely terrifying. And at what point do you start to hold the track a little bit more responsible? Like the progression of safety and NHRA rules and, and safety specs and all that stuff, like, that it applies to cars has kind of kept up with how fast cars are getting, but the safety standards and stuff like that, I feel like with tracks is not keeping up with the times. Do you, I or do you I not agree completely? Do, I completely, okay. I completely disagree. love it. Let's hear it. So at the end of the day, even having a drag strip to go to is a blessing in itself. Yes. hundred percent. Um, the, 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 are you doing that every time I make a point or what are we going to do here? No, no, I just want okay, people cool. to know that so, I agree. Oh. <laughs> so, 
So um, actually, this is kind of a two part. I do agree that there's safety concerns at racetracks that are guardrail tracks. Another instant concern that I have is the full concrete barrier with break in the concrete barrier, 600 foot down track, and then another concrete barrier. You get loose, you go into that opening, you T-bone yourself, you're dead on impact. There, you're not surviving a sideways impact to concrete barrier. Which concern for me, like, uh, out, I don't even know what you call them. Like they're literally just track access um, ports down the down the track. You know what I'm talking right. about? Right. If they're um, not staged however, the correct way, then it's you're effed. Exactly, hundred um, percent. Or your your accelerator gets pedal pedal. You clip the return road entrance. I mean, there's so many things that can happen. However. The moment a racer straps into their car, it's their responsibility. doesn't matter where you're at. I don't care if you're on a street, you're at a track. I don't care if you're, I don't care. The moment you strap in, it's your responsibility. If your car gets, now, it doesn't, if, the, if the, there's an oil down on the track in front of you and the track officials don't know about it, you get loose, you hit the wall. And it's, it's one of those things that happens all the time. But in my personal opinion, it's still the racer's responsibility. It's just like when Tim McAmos is talking about, racing a window liquor next to you and if the dude next to you looks like they don't know what they're doing back out of the beams don't race them right and if you're will i'm not gonna say dumb enough to race guardrail track because i don't want to knock guardrail tracks because there's tons of them that do very well and i don't either because you have a ton of fun at them exactly so if you see a guardrail track and it's close to your home and it's your only option and it's safer than most streets you know, there's a lot of streets that are super sketchy with telephone poles every five foot, whatever. That's not regulation, telephone pole spacing, by the way. That would be an insane amount of telephone poles. <laughs> Where's all my taxpayer dollars going? <laughs> Who built this power line? <laughs> um, but that's the thing. If you don't, if, if your only track nearby is a guardrail track, and that's your only option, it's you're kind of painted into a corner. Um, but it's... Oh no, did we lose you? Don't make it hit. I will agree. Gart, no, it's your internet. Your internet sucks. It does. I'm sorry. Something's right here, going but... on with it. Yeah, you're good. You're good. It's your internet, not mine. It is mine. I'm on the host on this one. Yep, you're good. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. So, I mean, oh, am I good? Can I, yeah. can... Is it my turn? So, no, I'm still going. Okay. So, I'm not, again, I'm not dogging guardrail tracks. I'm not saying that they don't have their place. I know that I would never race a pure guardrail track just from my own fears. Um, and I've seen some terrible wrecks, but I've seen terrible. I have seen life flights come in to um, MIR, a front wheel drive sport front wheel, sport front wheel drive Honda Civic, breaks an axle at 165 mile an hour with a spool or whatever the run they run, goes dead left into the wall, hits it head on, and gets life flighted out concrete. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's every time you strap in, it's you're expect I, the worst, pray for the I best. Fully agree with you that the racer has the ultimate responsibility. Nobody's holding a gun to anybody's head whatsoever. But I still feel like the track has a responsibility to provide the safest racing surface or facility possible. And if the track was originally built in 1960, 70, whatever, and we have progressed beyond what that thing was originally capable of retaining. When you hit a two rail like our single rail guardrail at a hundred plus miles an hour, we've all seen the videos and you see okay. what happens. Your phone's breaking up. No one can hear you. I'm a bitch. Anybody. 
It's not a phone. It's an internet. It's a computer. How about now? This is going well. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, every time we do this, you're, you have connection issues. Why don't you just move a router nearby, bud? Oh, yeah. You want to? Well, maybe clapped out. Can yes. pay for it. <laughs> I'd love to go. I'd love this. <laughs> now, I, I say, like, nobody's holding a gun to your head. And I understand that. But at the end of the day, the track has a responsibility to provide the safest facility possible. They really, really do. Um, and if you're the type of person like, hey, man, it's your decision, blah, blah, blah. If you go out there and ball oh, time your out shit real up. Real quick. Hey, I can barely get freezes. Yeah, really? So just don't talk. David Varner, I agree with your disagreement. That is a very good point. I mean, she said, I'm sure there is a minimum requirement to even be open as a track besides guardrails, but fire, EMS, all have to be up to safety. I agree 1 million percent. The, I think the ultimate question here is guardrail, not ultimate question, but my ultimate comparison is guardrail versus cement. Not none of the other standards, clean racing surface, EMS, all that stuff, I completely agree needs to be up to code. There is absolutely zero argument there. And Andy just wrote down attendance and participation at the track has to be there to keep the upkeep. I agree, yes. but you have to have the capital up front to provide all those things. If you build it, they will come. Now, a, a track that's on its last legs that can't afford to provide those things, I'm sorry, time to sell the track. Yeah. It's just time. If you can't afford to provide every ounce of safety in your power and to provide a clean racing surface, then you need to shut down operations as much as it sucks because all you're doing is literally running the risk of killing somebody. So, so am I, is my internet working now? Can I finish my little spiel? I hope yes. so. Okay, cool. I just heard a glitch. Am I good or not? <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> anyway, I feel like the, the track owner has a responsibility to provide the best facility possible to the spectators and participants at their race. If the track was originally built in when, when cars were averaging, let's say quarter mile, like the fastest cars were 10, 12 seconds. Well, then now when you're talking about single digits, it's exponentially faster. Like you have a responsibility to provide a safe racing facility. You go to a little podunk eighth mile track with guardrails and all of your EMS, he wants to talk about EMS, stuff like that. Uh, is a bunch of volunteer firefighters on a square body Chevy from the late 70s that may not even make it to the starting line if it had to. That's a problem. That's a, definitely a problem. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, man. I just, yes, the racers sign the response. They, they, they sign off on the waiver and they are ultimately responsible for their own destiny. But even if they are fatally injured, at the end of the day, somebody else has to clean that mess up. And you got to think about the the repercussions of of your actions I don't, know, I don't know i'm just i'm an advocate for safety huge advocate for safety on the racers part and the tracks part and i love seeing tracks like up their safety game a little bit um me personally after what i saw this past week i i don't think i'll be taking my car down a guardrail track anytime soon just because what i saw kind of got me shook a little bit and you can call me a pussy you can call me less of a man if you want to uh, but I got a wife and three kids and I want to be around to watch them all grow older. So that's the, that's what I'm willing to take. And I would love to see if, if tracks can step it up. I don't know what it costs to lay concrete down. 
um, and then the entire stretch put some Jersey barriers up or something and improve over a guardrail. But I wish more tracks would take it seriously, especially when their attendance increases because they all of a sudden caught a little niche and you're like, Oh, this event is paying a bunch. Let's do a bunch more of these events. And instead of lining your own pockets, maybe reinvest it back into the facility. I so. don't, here's the thing. I don't see many podunk tracks and I'm going to use that term and I don't mean to offend anyone, but I don't see many of those socioeconomically challenged tracks lining their pockets ever. It's like $6 yeah. to race anyway. So they're not getting rich. They're literally just paying, getting enough to pay their property taxes is how I feel with a lot of these places. Yeah. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind here is you keep bringing up how, how it was in the sixties and how they need, if they were built in the sixties, they need to obviously renovate and, and keep up with the times. But bear in mind the muscle car era, the sixties and the seventies, even factory cars were still in the thirteens, twelves. I mean, there was cars that were, there were cars that were still going hell 50 miles an hour into a guardrail, 60 miles an hour. Absolutely. It, it, so I think the other thing is you take a step back and you just look at what's been done and people tracks that have reinvested into their community not community, but their property, and they've done this, those have continued to succeed and have continued to grow, but you still will always have the tracks that just do the bare minimum to skate by because what they charge and, and where they're to be able to again, it sucks. Are you there? I think we lost you. The racer internet is killing you there you froze yeah. you're frozen again we both them run their 10 point expired harness single layer jacket in the set double-edged sword um i do agree with you doozer a lot of people cry safety 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 and then when they go to like for example um any nhr track we traveled all the way to um what is that track in gainesville gainesville florida with our drag car dynasty and we came all the way down we had an NHRA certed cage, a 10-point cage, and we didn't realize it was out of cert by like two or three weeks. Everybody's complaining about your internet, by the way, Rye. I know, I know, dude. Oh, man. Rye's getting flustered, everybody. Everyone say I, a prayer. A little bit. Moment. Keep talking. You keep talking. <laughs> this never happens. Um, I've lost my train of thought. But again, what was I talking about? You, you ruined this for me. I don't have the mindset to be interrupted, Rye. Why did I interrupt myself? <laughs> um, but again, I don't know. I, I think this the question about safety, guardrail versus concrete. I know how I feel about guardrail tracks. I don't knock people that use them but, or go to them and, and help support them. The only way that they can't afford to put concrete in is if they have the attendance and the, the capital to do so. And hopefully they use that capital wisely. But Gainesville, Florida, that's a good example. That's where I was going. We drove all the way to Gainesville, nine, 10 hour drive. We had a two JZ powered Lexus SC 300 in the trailer. We unload at Gainesville. Tech inspector comes up. Uh, you planning on going faster than blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, ab absolutely. No, you're not. Get out. Wouldn't even let us on the track. Yeah. We're like, why? Well, your, your, your cage is out of cert. We look at it. It was like two months out of cert. Cool. That's great. We drove nine, 10 hours to Gainesville. It was the only track that was open. Winter was just ending. And we, promised the people that we would only run eighth mile and we would not go take it out the back door. And luckily they allowed us to race just eighth mile, um, had transmission issues anyway. So we ended up packing it up and heading home regardless. But at the end of the day, it's a very, very good comment. Everyone wants the most, the safest, most desirable track. I want top notch everything. 
and then they go to unload their pile of trash and they can't pass tech. Like this is BS, man. I should be able to race. It's a very good point, Doozer. That was very that was very well worded, man. I mean, I guess at the end of the I'm not saying shut down all guardrail tracks. Don't get me wrong. I'm really not. I'm just saying that if you have a I guess put it on the racer, if you have a car that is fast, I don't know what fast is subjective, but not use your right. head. Yeah, not me. <laughs> use your head. If you're trying to run a, uh, here's one, this has happened a couple times here, a no prep event, then a lot of no prep guys will, uh, events and promoters will try to run the track backwards. Have you seen this, right? You know, you start at the finish line or in the, in the shutdown because that yeah. is a true no prep. There's no rubber. It's bare concrete, blah, blah, blah. If you're trying to do an event like that, maybe don't do it at a guardrail track because if you know anything about guardrails, when they are bolted together, they're bolted together in a specific way so that when you hit them, you're going, uh, for lack of better terms, with the grain of the guardrail. If you raise a guardrail track backwards, you're going against the grain. And, and, and somebody said, it, it, a few people have commented on it, like attendance is attendance. No prep brings the money in. And, and it's, if it's a money grab thing, I guess morality becomes a question. I don't have the ultimate answer. I really don't. So, well, there's a couple for more me. I'm just got brought I'm up just, too. You'll like this one, right? Your boy Scott, and you have to answer to this with your wife watching. <laughs> what about outrunning your cages certification, Rye? Yeah, I don't know. It's questionable. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. But it's still. I still. I will feel safer outrunning my cages certification. It's about your level of acceptability of risk. Do I feel yes. good about uh, outrunning my cage certification? I'm right there at it. I've made more than a handful of passes knocking on the door of running faster than what my car should be allowed to run. Yeah, I did However, first pass. First pass ever I did. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> but I will definitely do it on a concrete wall track. I will never do it on a guardrail track. Absolutely not. I was going to use this to talk. The dude but I didn't have anything clever to say about at all. I'm not I was going to buy you some uh, Lebowski socks, but I bought you. You said you're going to wear the shirts that I got you for your birthday, but you didn't. I, I lied. I lied right to your face. Because yeah, you're um, just a fucking liar. Doozer, or who was it? Was it Doozer? No, no. Varner. David Varner from IDS. He brought this up too. Um, a lot of tracks need to adapt with the times. That's he brought up that no prep racing brings 10 times the spectators I'd say no prep and no time racing is, is, was a force. It's always been a force. And growing up in Chicagoland, king of the street, hey, yo, Steve, and going to that race <clears throat> yearly was amazing. And seeing it grow, I have uh, – I, I don't know if many people know that I did grow up in the Chicagoland suburbs. I grew up in a suburb called St. Charles. And there is a metric ton of grudge racers in the Chicago area. And I was – very impressed with the way that King of the Street Cots grew and seeing the impact Cots had on tracks across the country. It was, it was very impressive to see the trickle down and I'm, I'm happy that it did what it did. And I'm happy that it had the impression it did because a lot of the tracks that followed suit and started in promoters that started throwing no prep events and no time events, those promoters are the lifeblood of some of those tracks. 
there's a lot of tracks that without the peso productions and i'm not picking on him specifically but the heyo steves the pesos these guys and that's mike detroit hood uh, again these are three people there's dozens and dozens but yep. they bring massive massive crowds and it's amazing if you go to great lakes dragway on a random saturday i'm sorry that's not a good point real street drags when i was 19 20 years old you go to real street drags and the stands were not empty, but they weren't chalked full. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. didn't make you feel good. And now like the last few years, there's been a couple of real street drag events, pictures go up and I'm so stoked to see the crowds just filling up and anarchy, no prep with Trent, all those things, all those events. They're awesome. They're, they're great to watch grow and they're great to watch the tracks, the tracks expand as a result of them. I, d I mean, tracks advancing with the times. I just feel like they, I, the, facilities being keep keeping up with what cars are capable of is it's not they're not on an equal plane some of these guardrail tracks man I, i'll be honest with you i would i would rather just race the street than race on a guardrail track i'm gonna take my chances with putting it into the ditch or bouncing off a retaining wall on the highway from a 60 roll than hitting a guardrail letting it flatten out and turn into a ramp that's just the way i feel not everybody's got to agree with me it's my opinion but um I don't know. I just thought it was something good to talk about. Who are you talking to on your phone? Don't listen. Pay attention. Sorry, I was just. We're, we're trying to do a show here. You are so unprofessional. Yeah. Unbelievable, sir. Calling me out on on live feed is really professional. Good job. Um, next topic. <laughs> Save Atco Raceway. I don't know what's going on with Atco, but I they are trying to do what they did to English Town and turn it into a storage parking lot. Jesus, dude. Yep. Another track that is, I don't know that it's because of COVID and I don't want to bring the COVID subject back up, but I think it's just because of the expanding of the time. Like racetrack gets built. Nobody's around. You build a neighborhood next to a racetrack. All of a sudden the neighborhood's pissed. Like this racetrack's too loud. Well, it's then the you exact same thing. You should have moved into a house. Yeah. You should have moved into a house next to a fucking racetrack you Dude, idiots it's so dumb uh, ncm the the road course track in bowling green so i went to college at western ryan never went to college because he's dumb i got a degree he doesn't Here's so my, my degree is under my armpit just like i said so, last time um bowling green ncm opened and if you have not been to that facility it is insanely incredible i mean it, they've done a great job there and here's what here's what was shook down and this is the cliff notes ncm gets approval to build no one says a peep they build ncm the neighbors are freaking out. It's too loud. They start enforcing this decibel level limit, which is pretty common at road courses. Yep. And they start enforcing the decibel limit. And people are literally leaving the track to go to like Midas up the street to get extra mufflers welded on. Like insane triple muffler setups coming out the back of these Porsches because they weren't aware of the decibel me measure until they got there. So the first few events that went down with the decibel uh, enforcement going on, it was crazy to see some of the cars that were rolling around bg the exhausts were hey so now you're what are you doing on the computer right let me call you out Why don't you i'm trying attention? to find an example of an insane r um, uh, muffler setup to it applies to your story continue nick thompson just i hate calling him nick thompson doozer terry from ohio valley raceway did an article a couple years ago on how they turn a profit and bracket racing with zero advertising is their bread and butter here's a question why is bracket racing the highest payout drag racing event there is? Highest level of participants and buybacks. So if you have the highest level of participants with an insane amount of buybacks, and when you typically when you go racing, how many people show up with you? 
you know, you're going to have at least a couple people, right? Uh, are you talking about like with the crew? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to have some people. Two to and, three. Minimum. And those people usually have people. And those people have people that have people. So when you pack the stands with 100 racers, 200 racers on the property trying to race, that I can see easily how it turns out a huge, massive, massive turnout. That's yep. awesome. Um, I, would, I, I don't knock the bracket racer, guys. I don't enjoy watching bracket racing at all. I, I, Nobody I just, does, dude. The stands are empty. But I... There was one day that we were sitting around the house and me and my oldest daughter were bored. And I was like, hey, there's a race going on. Our buddy, Austin Big Brown, was down there racing. I said, let's go down and check this race out. And I rolled to our local track, Coastal Plains Raceway Park, for a bracket race. I have never seen that many cars at that track because I've never gone for one of their Summit Racing Series IHRA bracket races Summit Racing can cut us a check for that, by the way. It was insane, the amount of cars on the property. And, you know, they'll race till 1, 2, 3 in the morning because of the amount of buybacks. And it's, that's how you end up with those million-dollar purses. You see them. Everybody has seen the meme about the guy who went to uh, some race and won a million dollars with an open trailer and a shitbox car. Well, it's because there were thousands of racers on the property, and every one of them bought back in after they got knocked out. 200 cars in one round and then 200 cars in the second round. Yeah. The purse is going to be kind of big and well, you don't want a hundred thousand the next weekend too. Yeah. And you don't have to have the fastest car on the planet to get it. I understand the draw of bracket racing. I just, it's, it's never been there for me. I can't, I have zero interest in participating in it, but I see yeah. why people do it because the, the payouts there and you can at least offset some of your costs of racing by doing it. Yes, I agree. Packed pits and empty stands. That doesn't, that usually doesn't relate to a revenue filled track. Um, there's something I'm going to go completely off topic. Basically we're going to, we're wrapping up safety question or safety talk. And I want to, and track talk, and I want to move on to something that's very personal to me. And I've been brainstorming this since I posted a status on Facebook earlier today. And I am going to lean on the clapped out human beings out there that, that support us. I want to buy back my first car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot we we're talking about this. I want to find my first car and I want to purchase it back. I have looked many times for the car. The trail goes dead in Ohio somewhere. Columbus, I think. I spent the last, before the podcast, I spent 20, 30 minutes digging through. I literally have like 387 tickets from when I lived in St. Charles, <laughs> Illinois, and Geneva, Batavia. Like I have, kid, I have tickets from, from the following police departments in the suburbs of Chicago. I have Algonquin PD, Aurora PD, Batavia, St. Charles, Geneva, Elgin. And I also have, um, well, Gary, Indiana, which is in Chicago. It's, it's, well, it's Gary, Indiana. Rudy. It's a terrible place. Rudy. <laughs> so, it's so gross. <laughs> um, so I was looking for the VIN number on any of these documents. All of the tickets only have the plate number. I cannot find the VIN for the life of me. I've tracked down my old insurance company. They don't have any record of it. I've, I've tr literally any angle you can think of, I've checked. I only have the license plate number and the year that that license plate belonged to the car. So I don't know if I need to talk to... A, a um damn hold on eric mayo anybody interested in buying my car his son was diagnosed with md 
and it's time to get let it go to help his needs. It's a built S2000. That is way more important than what I'm talking about. So let's let's curveball this real quick. Yeah, Eric, uh, if you're obviously you're watching, Eric, you give us a rundown on that car in the comments, and we'll double back to it. If you have a list, a mod list, or DM me the mod list, and we'll yeah. post it everywhere. Yeah, please send, send us a message to clapped out. I am so sorry that you uh, that your family is going through that, man. I am so so sorry. So please, please shoot me a list. Uh, e uh, DM me a complete list of the the car, all information, and uh, you have our word that we will do everything we can to get that thing sold for you for top dollar. That is something that no parent should have to go through. So, man, my thoughts and prayers are with you, man. That's yes, sir. Terrible. We'll we'll post something up for you, man. Damn, I got fucking goosebumps, man. Uh, I feel so bad for for you, but you know. We'll do what we can, man. We'll do all we can to help you out. That sucks. Um, man. So the Civic, uh, the Civic deal. Yeah. You didn't say what kind of car it was. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to say, it's just a Civic. Why do you want it? <laughs> uh, and I agree. It is. It's a Civic. So, however, it was my first car and uh, my, my father purchased it for me. It was a gift. He, I got a, a $3,000 budget to buy a car with, which was extremely awesome. And I thank him very much for that. Um, and I found this 1998 Honda Civic CX hatchback at a dealership in Arlington Heights. No, it was off North Avenue. What was it? It was across from Strat's Diner. So I'm not sure what suburb that would be. Wherever Strat, if, you, if you've lived in Chicagoland and you've been off, if you've been to Strat's Diner for, for any of the street racing back in the day, you know where I'm talking about next to Supreme Lobster. It doesn't matter. But the Civic hatchback, my first car is what I'm after. I have the license plate number and nothing else. It was, it, and I can follow the track on Honda tech a little bit when I sold it. The, uh, I need to know, uh, I just need to know how to find that thing. Um, Patrick lamp, won't the tax office have a record of the car? Uh, I'm not sure. I've contacted every, every federal agency and state agency I've contacted. I've come up with a dead end. Um, so I just, whatever I can do, if anybody can run a plate number, I don't know if you, the legalities of that, but I have a license plate number and the year the car was licensed to that plate, the year range. And there is a $500 cash reward to anyone that helps me find it. And Zeke, do me a favor, jump, <laughs> jump in a pool with some cement shoes, bro. Oh, that's what I'm laughing. <laughs> cash for clunkers probably got it. Shout out to Zeke. Yeah, <laughs> Zeke had it. Zeke got me, dude. I got all right, all right, good, good one, good one. All right, all right, okay, cool. Uh, However, uh, was it Villa Park for Stress Diner? Yes, Villa Park, baby. Yeah. Quick yes. Google search. I was bored yeah. while you were talking. Stress Diner was dope. For so it looks it was delicious. so so dope. So Stratz Diner, if you were in the Chicagoland area in like the late two thousands, you know, I mean oh four, oh three on, honestly, even before that, Stratz Diner is right on North Avenue, and it's a small little diner. And there's barely any seating inside. I mean, there's a good dining room, but there's not a lot of parking. And I met some of my lifelong car friends, and I watched some of the baddest street races of my life that I'm, started. I'm just, I was curious, and I just did a quick Google search, and it looks like on Google Images alone, car-wise, it was jumping. So. It was nuts, dude. It was so <laughs> – like, I hold those days so close. Everyone has the glory days when they were into Absolutely. cars. Absolutely. And, and street racing, I mean, racing legally on whatever, I don't give a crap. Street racing in, in Aurora was a ton of fun. And uh, Sugar, not Sugar Grove, off of uh, the road's dead, Silver Glen. I don't know if it's still going or not. But all these random roads, Four Corners, um, 
whatever. It doesn't matter. But th- those days were awesome. Doozer said he's been to Strats. I know you, you were there with a the DSM, I think, Doozer. I can't remember. It's been a minute. Uh, but a lot of people came from down in Kentucky and came up to street race. But uh, it, was a, it was a great time. It was awesome, man. <laughs> Call your local police department and tell them that license plate stole your girlfriend and then she gives you an address. Andy, you said yeah. it's in the salt belt of America. Does it have a chance in hell of not being rusted away? It does because the, I bought the car and I, it was the first car I ever put together. I, I GSR swapped it. I did, a, I did a whole bunch to the car and I had it completely stripped down and repainted too. And it was rust-free chassis when I sold it. Hopefully it's still rust-free. So I can only assume, even if it's literally, this car could be on jack stands with no wheels and an en- no engine in the engine bay and just a bare shell and I'd still purchase the car back. I want the car back so badly and I've looked for the last five years and I cannot find it. So, I would love to get my own first car back as well, but knowing who they were sold to, the first two cars that I had and the, well, the condition of the second car. So first car was a 1985 Chevy Silverado square body which is why I have my C10 now because I fell in love with square bodies at the time. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that, and then the 1970 Impala convertible that I had, which was a complete rust bucket when I got it, both of those cars are long gone. So I've held on very tightly to my third car, which honestly I really consider this thing, my first car. So I, uh, must be nice. completely must understand be nice the nostalgia still. Cool. Yeah, it's it is nice. It is nice. It is. It, don't, don't don't talk about my internet. I know. I know. I can hear it in my headphones. It goes <laughs> full fucking RoboCop. Sorry, stop, buddy. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. That's nah, not the time for that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the time for that. My bad. Um, my bad. Keith Keith Durbin, <laughs> big Keith. Keith is saying he might be able to help in Ohio. Keith is a customer of ours at Dynasty. He has a pretty wicked sixth gen Camaro. Um, I won't say horsepower numbers because he races it on the racetrack up here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to. I'm not mixing work with Clapdown because I'll go off on everybody he's <laughs> raced. But <laughs> Keith's Camaro is rowdy, and I'm super stoked. And actually, Keith, while you're watching, I won't. I won't mix too much work with with uh, Clapdown. But in the meantime, what I will do. Is I'm going to play this. I don't know if you can hear this or not. You hear that? Yep. Okay. It's real good for everybody listening. Now we can't hear it. Keith, Keith's car on the dyno. The car is wicked. It's a six-gen Camaro making a dyno pull. Magnuson 2650 Supercharger, Dynasty-built short block, Brian Tilly Racing camshaft, and Valve Train Johnson lifters. That car... On the lowest boost I've seen, boost I've seen a 2650 on made like no power. Everyone should street race, uh, legally race him on the road. <laughs> don't be afraid of him. Yeah. Ain't sh- don't be afraid of him. He ain't shit. Yes. David Comstock for two weeks in a row, Dave. Dave, it's good to see you, bud. I was just thinking about you and holding you close to my heart. Um, but yes, that's my whole deal with, with, uh, I want to find my first car. So, I don't know the avenue to go to. I need to take my license plate number and find somebody that can reference the VIN from that license plate, do an auto check, figure it out. I'm not sure. Anyone that has leads on that, please, please let me know. And then also rounding back, if you're just joining, that's not lies, Dave. 
Come on down, buddy. Should we have Dave on the live feed? Should we have him do a podcast? He's probably really animated. I'm probably just yell at me the whole time. Yeah, I'm down. All right, Dave, take your clothes off and get on a computer. Yeah, next. Doing this week or next week? Not what right. Was, I, I don't care. But first of all, that? Mr. Comstock, you need to be completely. That's how we do the podcast. <laughs> oh, be completely nude. <laughs> yeah, Mike Newcomb brought up something. Um, hey, if you guys got Harbor Freight Jack stands out there. Go check them. Like, really check them. And then check your neighbors when you borrow them and make sure they are uh, not getting recalled. Yeah, what happened, right? So, Harbor Freight, a, a lot of people in the automotive world know that uh, Harbor Freight issued a recall for their six ton and three ton jack stands, specific part numbers, blah, 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 blah. So, I checked my own personal stash. I had two of them that were underneath that recall, took them back, got a gift card, bought a bunch of random crap with that gift card, came back here, was working on my car, and when I had to put it up in the air to pull the transmission out of it, I realized, I'm like, oh man, I'm two jack stands short. Oh yeah, they got recalled. So I walked across the street because my neighbor had some jack stands, and I was like, oh, he bought the latest version of these. <laughs> they should be fine. What an idiot. Wrong. <laughs> The second the jack pad came away from the rear axle on the rear end, it sounded like a gunshot went off and the car, the passenger side rear jack stand collapsed and the car took a very quick fall and it was teetering on right front, left rear jack stand, precariously, dangerously about to fall off into, if you're watching this live, the other car that's in my garage right now, they're about to, uh, two worlds were about to collide. Um, we were quickly, so close. We were so close to losing him, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> quickly got the car back up and stabilized, took the Jacksons back to Harbor Freight. Um, in the commotion, my hood that was just recently painted with a sick custom paint job. Shout out to Robert Filger at Filger's Custom Auto Body and Restoration. Uh, took a nosedive off the top of the car, cracked the hood, messed it all up. Um, the hood's back down at Robert's right now. Thankfully, that was the only damage. Hood's getting fixed. But it could have gone much, much worse. I got complacent. That's the bottom line. I just like didn't think twice about putting those Jacksons from the car. But uh, never again. It's not going to happen again. So I've had a couple close calls in the garage. Like, don't think just because you're inside the garage. If you're moving, somebody, uh, Josh's brother, uh, Mikey, was talking to another friend of mine, Chuck, and uh, his his words were, if it has to hold up something heavy or move something heavy i'm not buying it from them buy it from somebody reputable and uh i've now i i feel like i've avoided danger long enough and that's uh something i'm gonna live by so i'm gonna yeah i'm not returning my harbor free jack stands so Uh, i still got them i mean then you can go race on a guardrail track um call me a pussy if you want to i don't care let me fly back real quick because we're getting close to that time uh eric with the s2000 if you're just joining us eric's son was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy and uh first and foremost i'm very sorry to hear that eric that is that is terrible man i'm very sorry however eric as a result of this diagnosis needs to sell his car to help financially support the journey that they're most certainly embarking on together so I have just posted the link to Facebook's, our, our Facebook page. I just posted the link to our page. Share or buy the car. 
I would prefer you just buy the car. But if you at the very least, please share the hell out of that car and let's get him, get that car sold to a new owner and get him taken care of. The car community is brilliant. We saw this this week. I think Jeff Thomas was his name. His car was stolen. And a few weeks, few moments later, the car was found untouched, perfect in the trailer. That was an amazing effort by the racing community. I would absolutely love to get Eric's car sold for him, given the circumstances that he is in. So please, if you jump to our page, you'll see the post. Try to get this thing sold for him. Um, shout out, Eric. I'm sorry you're going through what you're going through, but uh, cla clapped out is – it's not – I joke about this quite often. Clapped out's not ours. Clapped out's not mine. It's not Rise. It's not Kalos's. Clapped out is for everybody. That's literally the whole theme. We do this for everybody. We don't do it for us. So anything we can do to help, we are here, man. Um, and I, I wish you nothing but uh, the best – moving forward through this journey so that is posted on our wall get it shared and uh do not buy harbor freight jack stands no absolutely not never, never again yeah. that's it clapped out podcast head over to clappedout.com slash store pick store, up some store, merch store, merch 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 i will be i promise i'll be better about shipping hey also will you be better um, about internet yes i will okay. clappedout.com slash store this is a clapped out podcast and we are out done <laughs>